0: you are listening to the shadow network with kp ready your gateway to innovation in architecture engineering construction and real estate with a sprinkle of startups that are making a difference in between check us out on youtube at shadow partners never miss a live stream fireside chat or talk that we got going on with the industry's most interesting innovators and leaders every single week You can connect with KP Ready and other innovators in the AEC and CRE industry in the Shadow Partners community. Go to bit.ly slash shadowpartnerscommunity to learn more today. All it takes is a few clicks for you to make a difference. Welcome to the future, and welcome to the Shadow Network with KP Ready.
1: So I'm back here with KP Reddy today, the founder and CEO of shadow partners. And one of the things that we've been doing is going through some of his LinkedIn posts, if you don't follow KP Reddy on LinkedIn, you need to K period P period ready, R E D D Y on LinkedIn, many intriguing posts many stir up a lot of comments, a lot of reactions. And so we've started this this series of unpacking KP. So basically, what were you thinking? Uh, what was going through your head when you wrote that post? And so I was reading this one this morning. You actually posted it this morning as we're as we're recording this. So I'm going to give it a, at least a portion of it a read, and then we'll start to unpack it. Sounds good. It's interesting how investment illiquidity is often considered as part of risk variable one could argue that investments with high liquidity like public stocks have a higher risk because emotion can drive poor decisions for example you invest in a private equity fund with annual redemption windows so you go on to explain more about that but why did illiquidity come into your mind as as you were jumping on linkedin this morning and you're getting ready to post
2: so a lot of people ask me like kp how do you like come up with so much content. So consistently, yeah, yeah. When I, I I have the benefit of talking to like 10 or 12 people a day. It's my job. Yeah. I also consume about two books a week. That's a pretty good cadence for me. And I've been um, reading this book, Same as Ever by Morgan Housel. Uh, he's a super interesting dude. But he basically, his thesis in his book is that like nothing changes. Like the Great Depression, the Great Recession, like they're, they're all the same. So what was... What was interesting was he was talking about risk and risk being the unknowns. Everything else is like trackable. It's really the unknowns. It's a pandemic. It's a 9-11. Those are the stuff that nobody can really factor for. Um, And so even as I look at my own investing strategy, you know, of course, I have the venture capital firm and I have my family office and, you know, do personal investing and all that is how do I think about risk? It really opened my idea about like risk. And this idea of illiquidity um, takes the people factor out of it. In other words, if tomorrow we hear something, you know, we're like, oh, I want to do Bitcoin. I invest in Bitcoin. All it takes is four or five tweets to change the market sentiment. And then you're selling out of Bitcoin versus something that I invest in. And I can only maybe take money out of it once a year or once every five years or once every 10 years, like whatever the time horizons are. There's a bit of a set it and forget it and also um, and also, this idea that nobody else can get out either, right? So a lot of this, like getting out of the stock, um, it becomes like a mad rush, kind of like a run on the banks that we had earlier this year with Silicon Valley Bank. It was all people driven. And if you look at how social media works, if you look at email and how quickly the group, I mean, I probably have 15 group texts. Uh, on my phone, word gets out very quickly. People don't do research. They grab a sound bite and they're like, oh, my God, did you see Microsoft's numbers? And disclaimer, this is not investment advice. But the question really is, if you're signing up for a 10-year investment cycle, you kind of set it and forget it. And whatever bumps in the road happen, you don't care and you're not emotional and neither is anyone else. Um, I think which is which is fantastic because nobody else can get out either. But in the public markets, one, they're just so consumer sentiment driven. Now you have this thing as we go into the fourth quarter where mutual funds will start to sell certain stocks just to make their portfolio look good by the end of the year. In other words, they were in a dog all year, but they're going to sell it so that when they report in January what stocks were they were in, it's the end of the year window dressing. Well, God forbid you have a couple bucks in one of those stocks and you're you're down 20%. And I know I've done it. I've been an emotional investor. Oh my god, this, you know, it's a it's a falling knife. I better get out now. And then I look back at those same stocks a year or two later and they're up 20, 30%. But what did I do? I took liquidity out. I'm like, "Oh my god, I didn't need the money." Right? I'm fortunate I don't have to pull money out to like pay a medical bill. Um, but I pulled the money out and I was like, okay, I think this other stock is a better bet. Then I go look at that other stock and it's right down. So like, what like, what was the point of all that? So I think operating on emotion that the liquidity actually drives much more emotional behavior. Now, I do believe if you have money in a, in a liquid situation, right? If you need the money, 100%, like, hey, I've got college tuition coming up next year. I need to make sure I can get the money out, you know, and then you're you're operating in a more conservative manner. But, you know, with the higher interest rate environment, you know, you're seeing all these CDs. I saw one the other day, 18 month CD, 5%. Now, you have to tie it up for 18 months. So there's no liquidity. And then they're only giving you 5%, which some people say 5% is fantastic, KP. That's better than my checking account. Yeah, but your checking account, you can take it out. Right, so I look at it and say five percent is not good enough because the opportunity cost that what I could be doing with that money is much better. um, Kind of in you know for an eighteen month cycle, tying it up for eighteen months. So I think you have to bifurcate liquidity as a risk quotient and make it part of your plan. You know, if you if you're like KPA, I want to buy a second home. uh, It's going to be in ten years. I mean, why would you put it into a public company, and then you're going through the ups and downs, and then three months from now you're like freaking out because some the Fed did something right, and you're selling out your position. It's like, but dude, you didn't need it for ten years. Like, why are you, why are you, why are you all fired up about it? So that's kind of where it came from. That as you start seeing, you know, um, the end of the year, there's some highly predictable things. You can do all the charts. You know, there's a, there's always a Santa Claus rally. There's always a post-Christmas sell-off. And one of the things people never look at in public markets is not only is it the, the movement of the stock, but it's also the volumes. A stock can go down on low volumes and you're freaking out. And it's like, well, if you don't look at the volumes, it's like, well, a small portion of people are unexcited about the stock. So they're selling off. And oh, by the way, it's the day after Christmas. And. You know, none of the billionaires are playing stock market the day after Christmas, right? So they're too busy uh, at their islands or whatever. So um, so anyway, I think as a mindset of how we think about investing, I just really feel like, um, you know, liquidity actually drives kind of bad emotional behavior.
1: That's, that makes total sense. I mean, many of us... Um... Are driven by emotional decision making. I mean, our brains—our brains—worth that way. Is there a correlation? I mean, you—you you mentioned the VC side. Um, is there a direct correlation? You know, in the converse, from from here to the conversations that you have on the VC side when you're thinking about uh, different funds and investments, and you know, speaking generally.
2: Yeah. I think, look, if you're an individual, a high net individual and you're 90 years old and you're investing in a 10 year fund, right. You're not investing for yourself. You're probably investing right. for your trust. You're investing for your family. Um, and so I think it comes up a lot um, mostly because we're, you know, we're a small firm. So we're not, we don't have teachers, unions and all, you know, mm. that are highly sophisticated. I would say probably, of our investors, this is the first time they've ever even looked at a venture fund. And I see it in their eyes when we're talking to them about like 10 years, man, 10 years. And it's like, well, no great startup was built in three years, right? These things take time and therefore, you know, we, they need the money, right? They need the money over a long period of time. So uh, it does come up a good bit, but you know, it's not for everyone.
1: Sure. Every
2: investment is not for everyone. And and you do once again, not giving investment advice disclaimer. Um, but I do think younger people should be thinking more long term. Mm-hmm. Um because you know they, they have a little bit of more of a set it and forget it mentality. But you know, definitely don't don't invest money that you're that you might need.
1: Right, right. Yeah, yeah. That that makes a lot of sense. So if you Miss this, or if you have not yet seen the post um on LinkedIn. So again, follow KP on LinkedIn. um you know, it's I, I mentioned the way our brains work. He mentions the lizard brain in the post itself. so that's worth the price of admission,, uh, if nothing else. but check it out. KP ready on LinkedIn, K period p period ready on LinkedIn if you don't already follow him I'm assuming since you listen to this you probably do but this is a series that KP and I do where we just we take a few of his posts and and I ask hey you know what 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 came to mind what was it that inspired this particular post and this one starts out it's interesting how investment liquidity is often considered as part of a risk variable. So KP, thanks for enlightening us, letting us sort of get a peek behind the curtain about what you were thinking about when uh, when uh, this post came to mind, you started typing. Um, if you're listening to us now, again, subscribe here and we'll be back again next week with another Unpacking KP.
0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode on the Shadow Network here with KP Reddy. As always, remember you can connect with KP and other innovators in the AEC and CRE industry in the Shadow Partners community. Go to bit.ly slash Shadow Partners community to find out more today. Until next time.